0: Hey, what's up everybody? Just a quick message. Um we recorded a podcast and it's the top 25 questions that moms ask. And it was with Michelle Bazet and Cody Bennett and honestly, it was so awesome that we talked for a solid hour. So, we're dividing it into two parts and what you're about to listen to is part 1. So, go ahead and give it a listen and then make sure that you keep your eyes out for part two. It'll be coming very soon and I promise you it's going to be awesome. Let's give it a listen. ladies. Welcome to another episode of The Woman Podcast. My name is Katie Bezet and I'm your host and today we are doing a Q&A on motherhood with Michelle Bezet and Cody Bennett and we're super excited to have them with us because they're both moms. They both are moms of four kids. They're going to tell you about that in just a minute and so Michelle and Cody could y'all well I guess let's start with Michelle. Could
1: you say hi and introduce yourself? Hi I am Michelle Bezet. I also happened to be Katie's mother-in-law. She married my oldest of four, Hunter, who is 28, and Haley, who is 26 and is married. Hunter and Katie have two boys. They were the first to give me grandchildren. They, I will always remember that. Mm, you're and then my daughter, 26, is married, and she was the first to give me a granddaughter. So she will be remembered that. for that. I feel sorry for my other two children. They have nothing to be remembered by, <laughs> one of them says that they're going to give me twins though, so that they'll get to make their mark. Yeah, and so Hunter is the oldest, 28. Haley is 26. Tanner is 24 and is married. And Grace is 22 and is married as well. Yes and they have not provided the twins yet that they have promised. Yeah, one day. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Keep praying, Grace. Yes. Is it Grace that wants twins? You know or you know or yeah, or Tanner's both. wife Emily, both. They're just you know, they're in a run for it here. I think twins are a novelty
0: and seem exciting and then you have them. <laughs> Cuz I wanted twins too. They run in my family and then um, I had one baby <laughs> and I thought, well, two would be a doozy I prayed for (laughs) twins
2: every time until I knew it was our last and then I was like Lord please not twins on this one (laughs) because I thought if we just had two sets of twins right man we could knock out four pretty fast
0: okay so Cody would you go ahead and introduce yourself
2: hello my name is Cody Cody Bennett and uh, my husband James and I have been married um 17 years, and we have four kids, four very different kids. Grayson, the baby, is seven, and um, then there's Reeves, and he is nine, and then Corbin is 11, and London, our oldest, just turned 13, so we are learning what it's like to parent our first
0: teenager. I know. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm parenting teenagers so like Michelle said I have a three-year-old and a one little over one-year-old and then Cody has the next stage and then Michelle has yeah we're just kind of stair-stepped in here right so hopefully we can help um so like I said earlier we we asked on social media for you guys to submit questions about motherhood anything related to being a mom and our goal is to answer those and help Help provide some kind of wisdom, Um, and you guys really did submit some awesome questions. Yeah, really good good ones. Really good ones. And so we've got a lot to get through. So our goal is to hit these rapid fire and knock them all out. And then if you, if you like one that's answered a certain way, and you want to go deeper with it, we can do that maybe on social media. So, um, anyways, let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Yes. Okay, so question number one is, how do you know when it's time to add another baby to the crew, and how do you handle that?
1: Right. (laughs) Who wants it? I know. I didn't handle it very fair because we had a boy and a girl and my husband was done. He was like, we're good. We got a boy and a girl. We're good. And I was like, no, I need another boy and a girl. And so I would get, you know, there's nothing like the prayers of kids. They just go straight to the throne. And so (laughs) I would get my other two that were, you know, three and one to pray, God, change daddy's heart. Heart and give us another baby. Oh my gosh! And he would yeah. walk by the room and hear us praying. And he's like, "That is not fair. You cannot do that." But God changed Daddy's heart, and yes. I got two more babies out of it. Oh my gosh! The deal. And so, for us, that's just kind of funny. But for me, I just, I just really wanted four children. I know for a lot of people, that's like, whoa, that is too many. And but for me, I love a party I just want life fun and I wanted every meal every bedtime every everything to be a party and so for us that's why I wanted four right so it just kind of I don't know for you Cody yeah
2: we wanted I well I wanted four also I think James (laughs) would have been content to stop earlier you know you would never say that now after having four kids you know like we would never give any of them back (laughs) right right so glad we have four um, but I, for me, I just knew after every time, I just had this unsettled feeling like I would never be finished mm-hmm. if I stopped at that number. Right. And then after four, I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, let's pay for the family pictures, monogram the pillowcases. This is <laughs> us. We are a family of six. This is us. You know, I think... Um, probably I'm guessing whoever's asking that question is thinking, I'm already so overwhelmed where I am. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. adding another. And um, I think that's just, for me, I feel like whoever is the closest, whoever is born the closest, that's going to be your most difficult season. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, that was my first two. And it was an intense season because you're like nursing a baby and have to spank a bottom at the same time. And it's like, An art. And so, you know, I just think you have to really settle, like, do I have a peace stopping? If this was us, mm-hmm. am I at peace with that? And if the answer is no, um, then the answer is no. Mm-hmm. You know, going. keep going. Mm-hmm. And I, my mom always said she would have had more. Right. And she had three of us, and I just thought, oh, well, then i got to keep going. If if this if it's this good, I've got to find oh, out.
0: Right. So. I know, and it is amazing because some people will have one, and they're like, no, we know. This isn't know. it. Yeah. This and is, if they have good. a piece, that mm-hmm. that's that's good right. for them. they're right. like me with two. With
1: two, I know. And I my just, daughter who has one, she tells me all the time, mom, I'm not like you. I am not going to have to <laughs> I know four. I'm not like you. <laughs> and I was like, you don't have to be. You do you, boo. Yes. <laughs> Okay, great answers. All right,
0: the next question is for Michelle. Um the ladies asked, "How did you raise such amazing kids? We need to know all the things." <laughs> all, the
1: things. <laughs> all the things. Tell us, right. Michelle. I know. It is just by the grace of God. And you know, I just want to we are not Experts here on this podcast today. We're just sharing our life experiences and what we've learned as we've traveled through the journey. And um, in no way, And are we experts on it? You know, Rick and I look back and we're just like, oh my goodness, how, you know, we didn't ruin any of our children. We, there were times when we were trying to figure out how to discipline them and do things. And we're like, are they going to have to go over to counseling one day because of the way we handled (laughs) Mm -hmm. situations? And so it's just by the grace of God. And there is no such thing as perfect parents. There are good parents. And we're just trying to be the, the best parents that we can be. And you just need to be the best parents. It's, you can be. Don't get caught up in being perfect from what you see on social media or what you hear. Just be a good parent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of that is just make one of the um, ways to raise your children right is live you yourself as a parent, live a consistent life. So be good. the same at home, be the same at work be the same at Walmart, at Target, just live live your life consistent out in front of them so that they're not growing up wondering you know, or she real here or she real there. Is he really there? Let them see you consistent. And so I just wanted to preface that. And then, um, and then also that, um, just a consistent parent and discipline that you are, you know, we were really big on, there's a saying out there called first time obedience and we were just consistent in being, um, first time every time with our children. And so then as they grew older, It just, they knew our word was our word Mm -hmm. to them. And, um, and then obviously that we are, my husband is a pastor, but we did not, that was not the, our kids were not expected to behave the way they behaved because, our husband was a pastor and we were in the ministry. It's because we were a Bible-based believing family. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that we did, we would tell our kids, it's not because your dad is a pastor, it's because we're believers. Believers go to church. Believers read their Bible. Believers are kind to people. Believers, That's you know, so do good. good. And, um, and so we just didn't want to put any pressure on them because of who we are. It's what we are. We walk out this Christian it. life. And so that's just kind of overall, there's so much since we're doing rapid fire, Uh you can't get into all the details, but that's an overview. Okay. I have to
0: ask this. You mentioned first time obedience. Can you go into that real quick and what that means and what that looks like? Because there could be some moms listening that are like, I've never heard that term. And that could be helpful.
1: Right. Right. Yes. And, um, I know that, um, Katie and Hunter and our daughter, Haley, and her husband have led a couple um, life groups with a curriculum, and there's a couple curriculums out there. There's one, Growing Kids God's Way, that is a great curriculum that gives you a lot of this. It is longer. If you have time, I think it's 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. Then there's another one, Katie. What is the name of the other one? Art of Parenting. The Art of Parenting. If some of you out there are looking for, you want to grab some friends and do a small group together, Mm -hmm. Art of Parenting is a great curriculum to go through and learn some of these basics. Mm-hmm. And so just throwing that resource yeah. out there. But um, especially when they're young, first-time obedience is when we they, we laid down the guidelines and rules. We made sure they understood the rules and knew them. And once they understood and knew the rules, then it was first-time every time. So if we um, they were going after something, let's just say the – outlet and um and we told them no we're going to carry through that no and make sure that we go and get them and move them away from that if we told them no you cannot play with those toys then we didn't turn the other way and then they got them out and say oh well I guess they can have them no our no was no and um so if we told them no you're not going to have an afternoon snack for whatever reason we're not going to then change what we said. We're going to stick to the no. You're not going to have that afternoon snack. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then if you can establish, it's really hard when your children are small and you have a few running in different ways. First-time obedience is so hard then. And because you're changing a diaper and then another one is seeing what they can get away with on the other side of the room. <laughs> so you're having to change leave a, a child that has, you know, th- a messy diaper to go then deal with this child that knows they can push you in that moment. They know that is the moment they can. And if you stay on it, then the rewards of that Mm -hmm. follow through with your children for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And so it's like either pay now or pay later Mm -hmm. really hard when they're young Mm -hmm. with that first time obedience. And you'll see the reap the benefits of it with them as teenagers. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that pay now or pay later because that's something
0: you, and Rick have taught me and Hunter so well because it's like, you can apply discipline now or you're dealing with it when they're school age. And honestly, the habits are already there. So Well,
2: and not only that, I feel like it increases, you know, the temptation for whatever they're dealing with to disobey in that area. The consequences mm-hmm. are more than just a spanking oh, so or discipline. It's like it really affects their character. It's dangerous. A... It affects their life when they mm-hmm. disobey further mm-hmm. down the line.
0: That's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rapid fire. Yes. <laughs> don't worry guys we made it through two yes <laughs> okay so this is the next question whoever wants it can take it how do you know when it's ha- it's time to have the talk the and talk. how do you approach it go, go Cody you know what you're probably there I right now. <laughs>
2: so depend on other people's resources because I figure people have been having kids for a lot of years and other people have you know had amazing kids Pastor Rick and Michelle, you know, and so I just lean a lot on other people's resources. And so, you know, most people say it's pretty soon that you need to talk Mm -hmm. to your kids. So I would guess, mom, whoever's asking this, it's probably time. If you're wondering if it's time, it probably is because you don't want your kids finding out about sensitive information through avenues that you have not tried and trusted. Mm -hmm. You want to be the trusted resource on the information that your kids Mm -hmm. have. So it's probably time, but mm-hmm. research says kids find out about things that fall into the category of "quote the talk"
0: between eight and twelve. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, well, I remember earlier than that, kids talking about yeah. it, and my mom was extremely protective of who I hung out with and who I was around. And it's just for me, everybody I
2: was, comes from a different
0: home. I know. So mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and you think that the neighbor kid, you know, comes from a great home and.
1: Surely they don't know, but they know. Surely, Mm -hmm. It's just easy. There's so much access to find out at a younger. Even more so now. Yes, yes. And then um, some of you might be familiar with this, but there's one tip that we learned early on is that whenever we did have the talk with them, we took them away overnight somewhere and just made it fun because it can be an awkward situation. And so we tried to make the awkward situation fun for them. And they all knew when they got to a certain age that they were going to have their Their little night away with us, and we went into you know all the details with them. But it was going to be a night in a hotel or whatever. If you have a friend that has a house that you can use, just something to where you just make this just kind of a special time Mm -hmm. with them. That's so helps a lot. Yeah. Okay. Next question. How do you keep the
0: peace when your daughters have a bad attitude? Mm.
2: (laughs) Who wants it? Well, I I. I, you know, I have, I can have a sassy attitude myself, and so I'm sure that only lends towards girls that have sassy attitudes. One thing that I've learned, though, is if I demonstrate a sassy attitude, that will for sure lend to them having a sassy attitude, okay. you know, and so I want my girls to know it's a safe place for you to lose your cool, and I'm not going to, and if I do, I'm going to apologize, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't expect that I'm always going to keep it together, but that... I'm going to come back to them and be like, that is not the tone mm-hmm. that is going to carry you well through life, mm-hmm. you know, that I always repent to so them, good. but that I, I'm not going to get angry with them when they have an attitude. I'm right. going to do my best to keep my cool.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And you're modeling what it's like to I'm trying not to have a bad sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: then something we used to tell our daughter a lot was, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And so sometimes they're just trying to convey something to us that's very real to them. And um, we would just had to train our more sassy daughter that you have a voice. We want to hear what you said, but it's not. It's not what you said, it's how you said it. If you could just say it maybe in a little sweeter tone. We want to hear you, but can you change your tone Mm -hmm. in this? Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder
0: for us all. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, next question. What have you learned about the heart of God through motherhood? Goodness, he's just so patient. Mm -hmm. He's so patient with us, you
2: know, and obviously it can be difficult to be patient with the kids um, because they are learning. They don't know, you know, they're just on their own little tiny journey trying to figure things out for the first time. And I just know that's how God looks at us. Like, oh, they're so little. They're just trying to figure out their own tiny little way. And he's so patient. I, I know I had a conversation years ago with Michelle and I was like, man, I just wish I would have known all of the things before I had kids. And she's like, don't you think, the Lord uses your kids to teach you all the things. I'm like,
1: oh, you're so smart.
2: <laughs> you know, like
1: <laughs> Goodness, he just uses my children said, so much that, to I teach remember me. Saying oh. that. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. And I just remember watching even my grandson, Jack, when he um, first started walking and he would walk and he'd fall down and then he'd walk and he'd fall down. And I just remember watching him thinking, oh, is that not what we do yeah. as believers? <laughs> you know, we take, you know, we we think, okay, we've got this thing. We've got this Christian walk thing or we've got whatever discipline we're practicing in our life. We've got whatever the Lord is showing us. And then we fall down. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing about watching them is that he got, Jack got back up. He got back up and tried it again. Yeah. And that's, you know, just mm-hmm. with us that we need to get back up. We're gonna, we're gonna stumble like those precious little toddlers and we just have to get back up, mm-hmm. do it again. So good. Okay. Next question,
0: rapid fire. Um, okay, so this is someone we're that we're really s- good at rapid fire. I know. <laughs> it's more like slow and steady fire. <laughs> um, They're not like yes or no questions. I know. So. I know. No, y'all are doing great. I don't want the I don't want the answers to be too short, where people are like, "Wish they would have expounded."
2: <laughs> that was vague. Thanks
0: for all the information. <laughs> okay, so the next question is from somebody who does not yet have kids, and they just but obviously they want kids. The question is what are ways that I can build my marriage and my life now to prepare myself for kids? I say, you know, dig
2: in. Like I said, there's really, um, as much as you think you can prepare for children, there's just so many unforeseen personalities and circumstances. The Lord is so sweet to give you some of the most interesting situations along the way in parenthood. And so I say, you know dig into your marriage these are the years that you can love extravagantly vacation extravagantly make out every day do you know (laughs) like be intense and impassioned in your relationship with your husband because children are going to challenge that situation they're or You know, it's just Mm -hmm. a time. There's a factor to it. There's going to be kids around. There's other people present. And so it's going to change that dynamic. And so digging deep into that marriage relationship before kids show up, my goodness, it's so good. Mm -hmm. So worth Mm -hmm. it. That's so good.
1: Yeah. And I, this kind of relates to that. I saw this quote and whether this person is saying this because they're just not ready to have kids yet, maybe they're battling infertility. I saw a quote that said, no matter the outcome of my fertility journey, it can never be said that I fail to bear fruit. Uh. And I just thought that was beautiful because women are, we bear fruit, whether it is from the natural children we have or the people in our lives that we pour into. So if you don't have children yet bear fruit don't wait to have children to bear fruit Mm -hmm. bear fruit with the people around you look for the people in your world that need you that you can bring life to them that you can nurture them and you don't have to wait for children to bear fruit in your life.
0: I love that Michelle. Whoa y'all better be writing that down that's a good one. (laughs) That was so good. Almost teared up when you read that. (laughs) Okay. (gasps) Man Next question. Um, How do I not lose myself but still chase my dreams and not let mom guilt consume me? So I guess it's someone who is feeling like they have passions for life, whether it's work or whatever, that fall outside of raising kids. And how do they still pursue those things and not feel guilty?
2: Yeah. Go,
1: Michelle. I know. (laughs) Um, So... You know, there was another question that we get to, and how do you juggle? there's Mm -hmm. another one that I just feel like I kind of want to answer to at one time, um, that we're going to get to. And it's like, how do you juggle? I want to, I want to be the best mom. I want to be the best wife. I, I, you know, I have work, I have this, how do I juggle all the things? And, um, and then the question that was just asked, you know, how do I not lose myself Mm -hmm. in this journey that I am on? And the thing that just stands out to me in this is just remember that everything is seasons. This is a season that you're in. So you have a season before you have children and you've got, you have more time to pursue these things. And then you have a season of small children and that is just a busier, that's just physically taxing mm-hmm. that season. It's just harder to, you kind of lose yourself a little more in that season because it's just physical and it's so hands on mm-hmm. during that season. And then they start school and you've got a little more, you've got a little more time then, and then they go in their teenage years and then that, that's just um th- they have a little more of their own life and you have a little more of your own life but that is just mental so there's just seasons and that to remember you whatever season you're in you're not going to be there forever mm-hmm. and so just pay attention to the season that you're in pay do you have more time to develop those talents during this season develop them if this during this season you might have to hold back on those for just a little bit for maybe mm-hmm. a couple years then maybe you do but And I know that that's hard when you're passionate about something. But when you look at the big scheme of life, you live 75, 80 years. If there's a few years in there that you have to lay low on your passions, it's okay in the big scheme. Mm -hmm. So just remember you're in a season if you're in a really hard, crazy season right now, you're not going to be there forever, because I'm in the season where mine are all gone, and it happens before you know it. I remember two of ours are 17 months apart, and when I found out my daughter was nine months old, and I found out I was pregnant with the next one, and I started crying, and Rick told me, "I know they're so close. You know they're um, this, this they're so close in age, and I know you wanted more, but we'll get through this." And I'm like, um, that that is not it. They're just so close in age. They're going to all leave me at once. And he was like, really? That's what you're thinking about right now when, you know, this child isn't even here. And then it happened. They all, they all left and they were all gone. And that season was just done. And I know you've hear that. I know those of you that have small children hear that, enjoy it while it lasts. It's gone forever. And I mean, then then it's just gone. And people would tell me that and it would stress me out. And I'm trying to enjoy the season I'm in. And so just know that you are in a season, my mom used to always tell me, and this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And it does, the good and the bad of this season passes. So enjoy this season because the good of it passes as well as the bad of it. And so I just, all that was a lot of words just to say that if you are um, just struggling, just know that there's time, there's there's seasons for this and that don't think you have to do everything in this one season, Mm -hmm. that you get to spread it out Mm -hmm. over a lifetime. Mm-hmm. that's so good well and it ties back into
0: your answer a few minutes ago about being fruitful in whatever season that you're in it's like mm-hmm. I mean God can show you how to be fruitful even when you feel like you're stuck changing 30 dirty diapers a day you yes. know yes then use that season to pray
1: mm-hmm. yes that's good
0: um, very good okay next question if my phone will open <laughs> um, oh Michelle this one's for you Oh, no, it can be for both of y'all. Oh, good. Cody can talk now since I babbled, so. (laughs) No, you didn't babble, but somebody had a very specific question. Yes. Someone that's pregnant with their fourth, and they just said, how was the transition from baby number three to baby number four, and do you have any tips?
2: Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I always said having four kids is easier than being pregnant with three. Like when you are when you are pregnant and have three small children at your feet, um, that is more difficult than when you have four actual humans yeah. outside your body. And so I would say, <laughs> sister, look forward. It gets better. It is better than being pregnant. It's better. Yeah. Um. But you know, as when you have small kids, you just need to remember to drink water. Keep the babies alive. Like, try, try not to, you know, set all these Instagram goals about doing all these fancy things, getting dressed and wearing lipstick, and uh, just keep the children alive. Just right. do the thing that God has created to do you to do at home and just survive keep those moments. It is alive. okay. You know, I read a lot when I was at home nursing with kids. Every time I would sit home, I would try and drink water and pick up a book and read a little bit. Like I said, I just figure other people that have gone before us, you know, have the smart things to say. So I tried to just read a lot. And Mm -hmm. um, sleep training Mm -hmm. was really important to me. Teaching your babies to sleep really benefited me, I think, um, a few exhausted nights mm-hmm. when you're sleep training are so worth mm-hmm. nights and nights and nights of sleep on the other end. Mm-hmm. And so yes. um, if you if you have a baby that's not sleeping through the night, I would make that a goal. Mm-hmm. I think you, everyone will get better sleep if you okay that baby let's, to sleep.
0: Okay, let's go there real fast because I know, honestly, from Facebook, it's <laughs> I feel there are so yeah. many questions. People have so many questions. And when you're a mom and you're not sleeping or your kids are in yeah. bed kicking you in the face or they wake up 30 times a night and they come in your room and stand by your bed and stare at you. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. So I know that you guys both Michelle and Cody, you both worked really hard to have boundaries and sleep train your children. Can you give any tips for moms that are exasperated and don't know where to start? I know this is a thrown <gasps> in one that we haven't even thought about.
1: I that. know. Um, for i would just throw out there don't be afraid to let them cry I mean, it's really hard. I remember with our first one telling my, my husband was willing to do that way sooner than I was. And I would say, okay, just let's just wait until they're on solids. Okay, let's just wait until they have this. Let's just wait. And then finally he was like, no, we're doing this. And um, so if you're not familiar with sleep training, it's just that feeding that, that time of night that they're waking up, you, you let them basically, you let them cry through it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was just really hard. I had to put a pillow over my head, do a big box fan. And my husband had to tell me when it was over. And we had to do we did that for two, three nights. And some depending on the will of your child could be a few more nights of that, it could be 15 minutes, it could be 30, it could be more. Um, but it was three to four nights of us of crying, and it was just really sad and hard, and I hated it. And then it was wonderful. And then, and then everyone gets we, to sleep. Then everybody yeah. sleeps, and it was yeah. like I was like to look to my husband, like, why didn't we do this months ago? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and then with our other children, we did do it sooner, and so it's just it was hard to do it. And then you re- reap the rewards. Mm-hmm. It's back to pay now or pay later? Yeah, I know Type that. Thing.
2: Um, there's probably a thousand books since I sleep trained our babies yes. that have been written on that. But yes, the Google. two that I depended the most on were um, Baby Wise mm-hmm. by Ezo. And there are so many. There's like Toddler Wise, Teenager Wise, tons mm-hmm. of Everything Wise. So, um, so I'm continuing to read those. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Wiesbluth was another really great author that helped me sleep train
1: babies. And mm-hmm. so... I know my daughter is in that currently. Mom's on Call is a book that she has been great for her. Okay. Right now, yes. And, and then, real fast back to the three to four transition. Real, um, I just remember from me one one was like um, one was an accessory, two was reality, <laughs> and then by the time I had three and four, it was like you know, I just had totally died to self, and it was like, oh, what's one more right. for <laughs> us at this point? Um, so <laughs> you're saying I haven't died to self yet because <laughs> I'm only at the two stage. No, girl, you were an only <laughs> child and a girl, and then you had two boys. That was a big change for you. That's a pretty big Big change. change. That's a big change for you. Thank
0: you. Let's talk about that. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay.
0: Good answers, ladies. Next question. Um, Do you have any advice on how to handle the mom shaming? And I know this comes as a question that kind of ties into we live in an Instagram world where we all compare (laughs) our lives to one another. Right. I, I mean, mom shaming probably wasn't even a term well, when y'all were raising I mean, kids. Yeah,
2: when I read that term, I was like, "Are we, is this serious? But We're it's seriously shaming moms? Like, what? So maybe I don't even understand. I had to kind of take myself back from that question because I thought that was just crazy. Like, obviously, we're all just trying to survive, you know, put on a bra pants and, like, make it out of the door. <laughs> so why would we shame? <laughs> but right. I do think I have even myself can look back and say you know when you look at someone else's kids you think you could do it better and so I think it's really just an evaluation of our own heart when it's like of course I could raise your kids better than I can raise my kids you know you think the grass is greener in someone else's yard but um I think it's just an evaluation of our own heart. Like, we are just doing the best we can. Do what's right for you. Watch your own race. Keep your eyes on your own lane because you are Mm -hmm. not going to win their race. Mm -hmm. You just have to win what God has assigned to you, and that's your kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. so
0: good. Mm -hmm. good. Okay. Um, Let's see. We've answered the next one. All right. Next question. We're rapid-firing this. (laughs) Totally (laughs) rapid fire. Um, We've we've sort of hit on this, but I do want to ask it again in a different way. How do you balance me time and your children? Mm -hmm. Like, I would like to read my Bible. I would like Mm -hmm. to sit on the toilet. Mm -hmm. I would like to put my makeup on. I would like (laughs) to have my own thoughts. Uh. So when your kids are really young, how you know, you I think it's
2: an opportunity to just explain to children, you know, that there are boundaries, there are bedtimes, there are this, you, you can be in your room right now, this is alone time. Um, setting that up for yourself, you can create it, you are the gatekeeper of your home, you control the speed of activities, of meal times. like you are the mom, you, you get to control this. And so as much as it feels like it's an out of control chaos environment, that is not true. Mm-hmm. You get to control it. And so setting mm-hmm. those boundaries that this is bedtime and mommy and daddy are going to have our time or I'm going to have my quiet time. You can stick, you can, you know, I'll get you out of your crib at eight or whatever
1: time at- that you've decided that you set. You get to control that. Mm hmm. Yes. I mean, because there's this great thing that Katie has for her kids that we did not when we have ours. Yes. There's an alarm, that alarm clock that turns green. And so Jack knows he's allowed to get up and get out of bed at Mm -hmm. seven because his alarm clock turns green. I'm like, that is brilliant. And and so so those of you that aren't aware of that. That is a brilliant thing for now. And then, um, you know, sometimes that me time has to like be before they get up. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, many times of me getting up before the sun, before the sun got up and before the babies got up to have a cup of coffee and just a little bit of quiet time. Mm -hmm. And I was a much better mom. It was hard to do that. But even if it was 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. um, if I could have just those 15 minutes before I was just a, a much better mom. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that mm-hmm. oh. that's so good um yes well
0: and I even thought about back to whenever you know I had Jack and Bo right at two years apart and I remember when when I had Bo both of my boys were born in the fall and you know the nights the days get shorter yeah. and there's more darkness and I was like oh my gosh I just need the sunshine yeah. I need a podcast I need to be outside and so I would put them in the stroller. And walk laps around my neighborhood and just listen to a podcast because I was so desperate for sunshine and God time and babies not needing anything. It was like, you're going in the stroller. I'm going on a walk. I'm going to pray. I'm going <laughs> to yes. listen to a podcast. I'm going to be in the sunshine and
1: drink some water. Yes, and, and usually they're happy. That's I know. It's good for but everybody. They're happy out there. If I can get 30 minutes, it's better than everybody's happier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can remember getting being in my car finally alone because there are always little tiny humans in my car with me and being alone to run to the grocery store or whatever and um, being going to the grocery store and back and realizing that wheels on the bus go yes. round and round. And I'm yes. like, I could have listened to I, my own adult music right. or podcast and I just didn't I wasted yes. that time with what was already wheels right. on the bus or Bed- whatever tails for, for hours
0: or... <laughs> oh yes. my gosh that's so funny same <clears throat> yes okay next question um this one is says how do I handle meltdowns it's a tough yeah one. Mm-hmm. okay
2: we have meltdowns at our house but I find usually If I kind of take a step back and diagnose the meltdown, it's usually my own fault. Like, you know, it's lunchtime and I scooped them up and left the house. Or it's nap time and I took them out of a routine and it's like, oh man, I probably could have prevented this or, you know, I... Get to prevent a lot of meltdowns by having kind of That's that good. role play conversation before we walk into somewhere like this. That's so good. You know, we're going into the store, so we can good. walk the toy out, but we're not buying anything. If you ask for something, the answer will be no. And when I say no, your answer will be yes, ma'am. And so, so good. role playing that scenario so their little hearts aren't, you know, it's mm-hmm. put yourself in the own situation where you want something so bad, you know, and they, mm-hmm don't have all of the emotional control to c- communicate clearly that and so it comes out as a tantrum it comes out as a meltdown and so the
1: before work
2: yeah it prevents the meltdown yeah. for sure.
1: as simple as instead of just telling okay you're done playing with your toys now you give them a five minute. Sure. Okay. In five minutes, the the computer's going to go off. In five minutes, we're going to pick up our toys. Mm-hmm. That helps yeah. prevent meltdowns mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But then there's sometimes they're just, you have a pure, still meltdowns sometimes. meltdown. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had one of those, cause I thought everything Kate um, Cody just said was wonderful and beautiful. And we need to that is so good, and I oh, so many of those meltdowns can be prevented by just yeah. some of those simple things. And then you have some children that doesn't matter what you do. I know for one of our children, everybody might not believe in this philosophy, but um, she we put her in the corner, and mm-hmm. we put her in the corner until she could get her attitude right. And we would tell her, until you can get your, you're going to be in the corner when you can come out with a happy heart. Then you come out and we'll talk, and that that helped her so much. She go in the corner and she come out and she goes, oh, "I have a happy heart now." Aww. And then she, within two minutes, we knew she did not. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we go try the corner again and say, "No, let's go. Let's go yeah. try this again." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was what you know what we did um for that worked really great for mm-hmm. one of ours. Mm-hmm. But good. you've got to kind of play around with it and just don't feed into it mm-hmm. the tantrum don't yeah. appease them mm-hmm. during a tantrum
0: yeah one thing growing kids god's way says is that a tantrum only exists if there's an audience and so mm-hmm. basically w- walk away don't yeah. give them an audience if they are throwing a fit or crying or whatever separate them somehow put them in their room and so I thought Mm -hmm. that was good but Mm -hmm. okay so you hit on something you said role-playing and that's Mm -hmm. something that Rick and Michelle did with their kids that we've been learning from Hunter's been modeling that now with with Jack and a little bit with Bo but Michelle can you go into that a little bit more and explain what you guys did with role-playing why you did it like when people would come over yeah. or before you walked into a new situation. Right. You like, go
1: into that. Right. And like Cody touched on, you know, she'd let her kids know what she expected of them before she went into a mall, before she went into a grocery store. And, um, just every scenario, um, that you can think of, let them know what you expect of them before you go in, because then when you're leaving, you're not dealing when, with unmet expectations they didn't even know was placed upon them because mm-hmm. they are four years old. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And so before we go to somebody's house to eat, we would tell them, this is the house that we're going to. This is the people we're going to eat at. When we get there, we expect instead of running to the room to play with the kids first, we expect you to go to the adults, tell the adults there, thank you for having us in um, your home. And um, and then we taught our kids to ask, you know, both ask the adults three questions, you know, was it hard to cook the meal tonight? Did you have a good day at work? We would, and if they needed three questions, we would help them with their three questions. And we were just trying to teach them how to make conversation with people as well. Rick would tell them when we were gonna, um, when we get out, of our dinner with our friends tonight, I'm going to ask you what three questions you asked and what their answers were. So our children had a little bit of accountability. And so he would tell them that, you know, just we expect you when you sit down to eat, you have to at least take a bite of everything that's on your plate. You're not going to say, I don't like this. You might not like it. And you can have that, but you're not going to voice your... Mm-hmm. We just told them what we expected mm-hmm. of them. And so Rick did this over and over with our kids. And I remember one time we were going to somebody's house for dinner. And and Rick said, okay, guys, what am I expecting of you when we go to these people's house for dinner? And Tanner chopped to... He goes, when I get there, I'm going to run in and I'm going to immediately play with the kids and not talk to the adults. And when I do go talk to the adults, I'm going to kick the lady in the leg and I'm going to tell her <laughs> her food is so... T- Terrible, and then I cannot wait. Oh. He just went and did the opposite of everything. I was like, oh, okay, Tanner. I think he gets the point. I <laughs> think he gets it. I think he gets it now. <laughs> uh, they know now.
0: Such a so,
2: comedian.
0: <laughs> that really is so good, though. Hunter and I had a life group this past semester, and the uh, just the topic of role playing came up, and I mean, it was the best conversation. Yeah. Everyone was like. Your parents did what? <laughs> Tell us more. And so I'm excited that we get to share it that. It really you. is so helpful. Yeah. Yes. Well, and there's so much. I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm an only child, but there's just so much about parenting that honestly doesn't feel like it comes naturally. And I'm like, <laughs> I would have never known.
1: I mm-hmm. wouldn't have. That was something yeah. Rick brought into our I marriage. Know. I don't know how he knew to do that. Right. But. So, yeah, He'd even role play. He'd go outside and knock on the door of our house and teach oh them goodness. how to yeah. um, make them answer the door and how to greet people. And
2: well, and they're learn they're not only learning what to ex- what you expect, but they learned such good social skills, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I feel mm-hmm. like that is definitely a skill that's lacking these days, you know, with right. such a digital generation. Just That's the so social true. skills that they're right. learning.
0: Well, Michelle and Cody, thank you both so much for being here this morning. I'm so glad that we got through all the questions. We
1: did it. We I don't know it. how rapid we so were. <laughs> we did it. Let's
0: just say we're going to break this into two episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thank y'all both yeah. for being being here today. And ladies, thank you for listening to another episode of The Woman Podcast. Like always, we would love it if you would share this with your friends and Leave us a five-star review and like it and all the things. We have an Instagram if you want to stay connected at Woman Conference. And we have a Facebook page, too, to keep the conversation going. It's Woman Conference. So we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.